Hey guys, welcome to the 47th episode of Nintendo Fanboys. If you haven't guessed it by now, I'm gonna do this all by my lonely son today. I just finished recording my Octopath Traveler mere minutes ago and it's probably my longest scripted review I've ever done. And it's around 7 or 8 minutes or so and it took me 30 minutes of editing it and that's just me removing all the dead noises and me breathing in the mic which is freaking hard not to do and I noticed that Jared never does it I don't know what his trick is but I'd like to know it so I apologize in advance if there's going to be breathing here because I simply do not have the time or patience to spend more time editing this because this will be probably around 15, 20, or maybe even 30 minutes long, and that would take me hours to remove all the breathing and all that stuff. So I apologize. I know you're, if you're a fan of Project Sweet, if you've been following us for a while, you're used to this. We don't typically are known. We're not really known for our superb editing and our like attention to details. And that's just because we do this with... Uh, like this is just a hobby of ours and we appreciate your attention and your feedback obviously but i if i would have the time i would take take it to edit but right now it's almost 9 p.m on a thursday night i have to get up at 6 a.m tomorrow morning and i'm tired so <laughs> i'm sorry again I, i'll try not to breathe i'll have to ask jared what his tricks are for not doing this but he told me some really basic stuff last time and it's not really working for me but i'm gonna get there one day so like i said i'm gonna do this myself jared is uh, super busy lately and he's been like even more of an asshole than usual he hasn't like replied or sent me a one text this whole week so i'm gonna curious what what's the future of the channel will be because apparently he's got school for two years so it's not looking good he I think he's gonna be abandoning us pretty soon even though he's as a time of recording this he was four subs away from hitting 10k which is amazing so hopefully next time we'll be able to do uh, do what i think what we're gonna do next time is we're gonna do a gamers and we're gonna do my uh, gaming history we recently did jared's history so we're gonna do that and hopefully that will be that. Uh, we're currently the 6th of September. This is a Thursday. So this should hit YouTube on Sunday. There was supposed to be a direct today. But due to a massive earthquake in Japan. The direct was postponed. So uh, I don't really have much uh, news to talk about today. But that's fine. I'll just talk about stuff that is passionate for me so like i mentioned i just uh, finished my octopath traveler uh, review which i sent to jared hopefully he will get on this and not wait months and months before he does it because this game is already a month old by now and soon to be two months old so i i'd like this to get on our channel since it's still re relevant right now and it's a pretty big game so i was really happy to uh to play that and do a review i've also been playing and i've just 
finished uh, about an hour before this podcast, The Messenger, which was released on the Switch, I believe, last Thursday, which was the 29th or the 30th of August. And it's from Sabotage, a studio that's from... They're in Quebec, but I believe they're from Quebec City also, but I could be wrong there. And I have to say it right on the top, this might be the best video game ever created. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, I had such a blast playing this. And there are so many reasons. And I'm going to try not to spoil too much. Because you obviously, if you haven't played this, you should. It's a Switch console exclusive. It's also on Steam. So whatever console of choice, if you have a PC or if you have a Switch, go out there and download it. It's still at 20 bucks. You really should play it. And one of the things I adore from the from the get-go is the fact that you can play the game in many, many different languages. And one of those languages is actually Quebecois, which is hilarious because there's a French option, but there's also a Quebecois option, which I've never seen before in a video game, and I just thought was amazing. And so just just the fact that I can play a game in the Quebecois is is ridiculous because it's it's just adds so much more to the humor of the game. This game is hilarious. And I believe it's like that whatever the language you play it at, but it the storyline is fantastic, but there's just so much humor to the dialogue in it that it's it's a joy to play. And Basically, from the trailers, there's a huge, huge surprise in that game. And that's the fact that it's actually a Metroidvania, which I had no idea. Like, I knew that it changes from 8-bit to 16-bit at some point. But it was always advertised kind of as a Ninja Gaiden-inspired title. So, when it got to a Metroidvania, after about 5 hours through the game, like, I just, I was floored. And perhaps the only maybe negative thing I can say about this game, and there are pretty more negative stuff depending on who you are, but for me the only thing maybe I would change is add a few more warp points. Because the way the game is made, there are only about six or seven warp points. And then when you get certain save points, you can then go back to the main hub and start. But I would have liked it if during the levels you could have uh, teleported from a few more spots maybe all the save points should be different teleporting thing stuff because that would have made the game a bit less backtracking but that being I did not find it that bad like I I enjoyed it for what it was I have to say off the bat that this is an extremely difficult game like this is not an easy one and it really frustrated me at many occasions but I persevered and I'm glad I did uh something else i wanted to mention which i lost my train of thought here let's see if i can get back to it oh yeah is that this game is it shows that this is an snes game like it doesn't hold your hand at all it doesn't tell you what to do the tutorial lasts maybe 1.2 seconds and then the game teaches you slowly what to do and every time you get a new weapon or new mechanic, you learn it right away and there's nothing. Even when the game becomes a Metroidvania, they don't tell you anything. And I know that will 
and I've seen a few reviews where they really uh, knocked on that, and that's fine. But for me, I really adored it. Like you're left in that alone in that world to explore all by yourself, and you have no idea what to do for the most part. And I found that brilliant. Like I wish more games would do that. And it took me 20 hours to beat it, and that's including getting all the collectibles and all the uh, the items and whatnot, and it just was a blast. And I think it's one of those rare games where I'll actually go back and play a second time, which is, for some reason, something I don't do often with video games besides Pokemon. So The Messenger, honestly, game of the year so far, might be my favorite video game of all time. It surprised the heck out of me, and you should you should play it. Give it a give it a shot. Like I doubt you'll be uh, disappointed. So that's pretty much it for what I've been playing lately. Uh, the first story I wanted to talk about was about Bethesda and their Switch titles because this is something I've we've talked a bit in the past, fanboys, and I always said that the success of Skyrim and Doom would be critical. And I always found it weird that Bethesda was the only one supporting the Switch, basically, because they've announced Doom Eternal, which will be a brand new game, but it will also launch on the Switch. I'm not sure if it will be day one, but it's still, it's it's pretty cool. Nobody else is doing that. What you're getting from most other third parties are ports of old games, and even then, like, it's rare. Sometimes you'll get it, but Bethesda is onto something. So I was always wondering whether it was because their titles were performing well or it was because they had some kind of deal with Nintendo and it turns out that uh, Bethesda are very very happy with their uh, sales of Doom, Skyrim and Wolfenstein 2 and I was glad to see that because like those ports are of high quality and I really hope more developers follow around and put their games on Switch there's clearly a demand right now for titles on the Switch and people, if you release a quality game, they seem to go out and buy it. So, very, very glad to see that. And speaking of sales, my second story are the top selling games of July. And the number one selling game of July in North America was actually Octopath Traveler. And those numbers don't include digital sales, so it probably did even better in that because of the shortages. And I was really, really happy to see that. But Octopath was not the only game... Uh, on the Switch, I got massive success. Mario Kart 8 was at number 3. That game was released, I believe, in March of last year, right? So that's sick that it's still number 3. Zelda Breath of the Wild was at number 5. Mario Odyssey was at number 7. And Mario Tennis Aces was at number 10. So even Odyssey and Zelda, those, those are both very old games that still selling a lot. Even the Crash Bandicoot trilogy was at number 5, and that includes all consoles, but it's worth noting that the Switch port just came out, so it's probably due to that that it got back at the high number in the NPD. Number 2 was Grand Theft Auto 5, which is funny, because that game was released 5 years ago on September 17, 2013, so almost 5 years day-to-day now, and it's amazing that game was number two right now like how much of a shelf life that game has like it's it's ridiculous and i really hope that rockstar gives us 
a Grand Theft Auto 5 port on the Switch. That would be amazing. I know I'd play it. I haven't played it since it came out on the 360 and I loved it. My only fear is that Rockstar might be basing the Eleanor sales, which I find a bit unfair because I don't think that title performed particularly well on any platform. So it would be nice if they gave us Grand Theft Auto 5. Obviously, they have thought about it. I just hope they do release it. Uh, as for my third story, I want to talk about the Nintendo Online Service. And I'm going a bit fast here because my Audacity seems to be acting up. And I'm really afraid that I've done all of this for nothing. But I'll check after that. Might as well since I'm 12 minutes in right now. But anyway, the Nintendo Online Service is supposed to be released at the second half of September. And like I said, right now we're the 6th of September and we still don't know very much about it. So that sounds to me like something is off here. Either it's going to be delayed or it's going to get a very lackluster launch because it's very rare that you launch a system like a system or service like that with uh, like a few days from it and you still are missing a lot of key details like we don't even uh, know what kind of titles will be offered uh, as far as NES titles and whatnot when it comes. And all we know is the price and that's about it. So, so far there's still a lot of questions and I'm wondering if this will not get delayed again. My final uh, story is about Yokai Watch. Uh, I believe tomorrow and by the time you you read this this read this you listen to this these will already have been released but i believe that yokai watch blasters i believe one is called white dogs or something there's two versions of it it's the yokai watch action rpg uh, spin-off series kind of like a diablo light if you will and those are getting released this week but the question i have is where is yokai watch tree on the 2ds and it's bit unfortunate that the direct was uh, postponed because I think that we might have had a better idea of that title because Yokai Watch 2 we got all three versions we got uh, Psychic Spectres which was the third version of Yokai Watch 2 last year a full year after Yokai Watch 2 was released in North America and those games I believe arrived two years after their Japanese releases so by now I believe Yokai Watch 3 is almost three years old and we still haven't heard anything about it. And it's really weird because Yokai Watch 3 is actually set in North America. And I'm a huge fan of the first two games. Like, I really thought they were amazing. And I love it when Nintendo introduces us new IPs. And I hope they are not giving up on this because I want Yokai Watch 3. I adored Yokai Watch 2, thought it was a fantastic sequel to the first one. And I'd love to get my hands on the third one. Especially now, since Level 5, I believe, have announced that Yokai Watch 4 will be coming to the Switch probably next year, probably a summer title next year. So, like, you, you can probably imagine that that game will come here, and that will be unfortunate if we get Yokai Watch 4, but not 3. And I know that Nintendo is pretty much done with the 3DS. Like, we have Luigi's Mansion left from them, and we have Mario and Luigi. Bowser's inside story at the beginning of next year I believe coming out but there's not really anything else from Nintendo there are a few titles from third parties but 
this is the beginning of the end for the 3DS. So I hope that they give us one last hurrah and release Yokai Watch 3. And they don't even have to release all three versions of Yokai Watch 3. Even if they would only release the third version of Yokai Watch 3, I would be satisfied with that. I just want to play it. Like, please. Give it to me, uh, Yokai Watch, really an underrated series, and this is something Nintendo needs. They need new IPs, like they have, they have had success with Splatoon and Arms, but not every new IP will be that level of success. And I don't think Yokai Watch will ever reach that success in North America. But they still need, need they still need titles, and they're still profitable. So why not uh, continue to invest in that series? It can only it, it, it won't get it, it can only get worse if you don't invest in this that's what I, i've been telling square for ages about uh, dragon quest and why i'm really sad that dragon quest 11 on the 3ds is not coming here but still like yokai watch 3 in my opinion is a no-brainer and i really hope and i think there's a chance we get it in the first half of next year as one of the last uh, first party published physical 3ds games released in north america so that's pretty much it for the news i know that i just saw on nintendo life a few minutes ago that dead cells has been outselling uh, the switch version has been outselling the playstation 4 version 4 to 1 which is pretty amazing like this is stories we hear all the time but it's, I still think it's worth uh, revisiting and talking about because I like it's it's incredible how much these indie titles are selling on the Switch and that's good. I've actually played Dead Cells. I've played it for about three hours and thought it was a very 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 lovely game. Really liked it. Uh, I just I don't know the roguelite aspects of it. I I found that the only roguelite game so far that I've really Put a lot of time in was the binding of isaac which i played for over 20 hours and adored it this one like it's fun i just was tired of dying and dying and starting all over again since it's kind of a metroidvania they call it a roguevania so if you die about 45 minutes in you have to restart all over again and you do that often like i i'm not very good at it but eventually i might give it a better chance i know that it's a very solid game has been getting massive review scores all over the place so really really worthwhile if you're interested in that game and speaking of sales i saw that the messenger as of right now of this recording is at number six in the eShop uh top 30 sales uh, right now so i i hope we can bump it a bit because that's good that's good number six is not anything to be ashamed of but usually with these big indie titles this is a switch exclusive as as far as consoles go so it should be bigger. Usually we see those when they debut in the top three when they're, they're really going to have a strong uh, a strong stay in the charts. So I'm a bit worried about that. I, I hope Nintendo pushes it a bit and I hope they realize what they have here because this is an exclusive indie title as far as consoles go and it's an amazing one. They should push it a lot more. I also just read that Mega Man 11 had a demo uh, maybe dropped an hour ago. So... If you're curious about that game, go on to the eShop and try it out. Mega Man 11. Alright, so like we always do, I like to end these fanboys podcasts with a blast from the past. 
And today I'm going to go uh, back to the GameCube and I'm going to go with the uh, title uh, Inspired because there's a game called Little Dragon's Cafe that was just currently released last week or the week before on the Switch and on I believe the PlayStation 4, maybe the Xbox, maybe Steam also, probably Steam also. And that game was made by the guy who made Harvest Moon. And that's a, that is a game that I will have impressions later, uh, probably in the next podcast, because those type of games are made for me. Those are my games. I like those games. So I thought I'd talk about uh, one of the previous Harvest Moon, probably the first one I really sink a lot of hours into, which was Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life for the GameCube, which is the blast from the past for episode 47. And that's a game I really, really adored back in the day. I believe it was a late GameCube title. Maybe it came three or four years into the GameCube life cycle. And I just adored it. Like it was Harvest Moon. You would farm, you would grow vegetables. But there were also, and this is something that's been in the series forever. But for me, like like I said, this was probably my first Harvest Moon. There were also some dating elements. And you could marry a girl... And I believe you had many different villagers and you, you, there was a village that you could interact with, which was fun. And depending on how you would act, you would get one, you could marry one of the girls in town, I believe. I don't think you only had one option, if I remember correctly. And it was just a blast. And I think you could even have children. Like I said, this is all from my memory right now. So I could be wrong on some of those factoids here. But I do remember that I had a blast playing Harvest Moon A Wonderful Life and probably put like close to 40 hours to the game. Really had a blast so much that I think a year after that they released a game called Harvest Moon, another wonderful life for the GameCube, which I also picked up. And the only difference, if my memory serves me correctly, was that you could play as a girl character. It was the exact same game pretty much, but you could play as a girl character, and I still bought it and enjoyed it. And that's that's just me. I love these Harvest Moon, Animal Crossing, Ever Oasis, Rune Factory. These games I adore. That's why I uh, can't wait to talk about Little Dragon's Cafe in uh, the next Fanboys whenever we do it. So yeah, that's why uh, this week's this week's this podcast, Blast from the Past, is Harvest Moon, a wonderful life on the GameCube. And like I said, really, really nice title that I had a blast doing and basically introduced me to the Harvest Moon uh, series. Alright guys, so... I'm looking at the time here and it's just a bit disappointing that it's only about 22 minutes long of a podcast. Usually, I like to have at least 45 minutes to an hour, but like I said before, it's just it's hard to do this on my own. I did not really have much uh, story, uh, much uh, there wasn't that much news I, I wanted to cover this, uh, this week. If the Direct would have hit today, we probably would have had a, a longer podcast, but this should hit maybe next week. Uh, they said they would re- they would postpone it and reveal us the time soon. So maybe we'll do a fanboys again next time. Hopefully Jared uh, will actually stop being lazy and take some break a break from school and stuff. And remember he has fans here to support too. So maybe if you want to let him know in the comments that Jared should not forget about you guys. Hopefully and tell him to his ass and checked <laughs> if that makes sense and review uh finished the review of octopath traveler so 
like I said, if you want to uh, check that out, that will be hopefully soon on the site. It's my longest review I've ever done, and I've put 55 hours into Octopath Traveler. Was really, really surprised. If you've been listening to our shows for a while now, you should know that when we were talking last year about the demo of Octopath Traveler, I, I told you guys that I wasn't really into it, and Jared was all over it, but it kind of... The inverse happened here because I played the game nonstop. Like every time I had a chance, I would play the game and I was addicted to it. And it's one of my favorite JRPGs ever. I just love the boss battles in that game. They're so much fun. It's ridiculous. That game is amazing and it deserves all the success it had. And I have quite a few flaws with it, surprisingly, but it didn't stop me from enjoying it. But I won't say too much. Just look forward to that review coming out soon. Besides that, hopefully Jared will get off his ass and review uh, All Boy because I bought it All Boy and he finished it in like two settings, but never bothered to review it. The bastard. He also, I don't think, played Code of Princess, which sucks because that was a great game and I wanted I wanted to try it and I bought it for him and he doesn't doesn't even play it. Waste of money. I always waste my money on that guy. He never bothers to play. Play with my gifts, but what can you do? That's Jared for you. He's also going to hold a contest soon. Because if you don't remember, he promised when we hit 10k that he would hold a contest. And he would buy the winner of that contest a console of his choice. So it could be an Xbox One X. could be a PlayStation 4 Pro. It could be a Switch. could be a 2DS for all, for all he cares. He just wants to... Thank everybody for the, the support, and if we hit 10k, which we're four subs away right now, he's gonna hold a massive contest, and whoever wins will get to pick a console of his or her choice. And I'm not sure if he'll, he's gonna limit this to North America only, but knowing him, he probably won't. That will be a like a bitch to ship. It will cost probably a hundred dollars to ship if somebody wins from Europe or Asia or whatever the case may be. But still, look forward to that. Besides that, I believe the only thing left on the channel right now are the Dragon Quest Eleven, let uh, Dragon Quest Ten Let's Play. I know that Tim has been doing his streams every Monday, and I want to thank. I believe her name is Melanie or Melissa. I'm not sure uh, who who did an episode this uh, today actually as a as i'm recording this of dragon quest 10 and put it on our channel just to help out jared who did not have time to record one so that was very nice of her to do so and having said that i think i'm gonna get the heck out of here i'm gonna thank you all for listening to this i'm gonna check it hopefully it's uh, my audacity did not screw this recording up but thank you all for listening and we'll see you next time